You're listening to the B-School Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Elise Morrison, embodiment coach and founder of Inner Workout. Consider B-School your invitation to becoming a student of yourself. So come on, let's get studying. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of B-School. We've got a guest on that I am super excited about. We have Michelle Palazon. She is the founder of a really cool platform called Holisticism. Michelle, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm excited too. And when I was doing research, I saw that you grew up dancing. I grew up dancing as well. I know. So like I have tingles. I love to meet another dancer in the wild. Yeah. And I feel like for me personally, having been a dancer and I didn't even do it at like the most intense level that some people do it at, but it definitely shaped a lot of the way that I relate to the world and to myself. So Mm. I'm curious how and if dancing impacted your own wellness journey. Oh my God. Yes. In very positive and also very negative ways. So I studied classical ballet growing up. And then I started having seizures when I was 17, just kind of out of the blue, out of nowhere, uh, the summer before my senior year of high school. And I happened to be a really driven kid, really anxious kid. I mean, I don't know about you, but my dance upbringing was basically I would go and be at the studio after school for five hours, come home and start doing my homework at 10 and then stay up until two and then wake up at six and go to school the next day. And that was kind of like all of my high school experience. So when I started having seizures, I really felt like my body had betrayed me because I had been so in control. You know, as dancers, we we can we have such phenomenal presence in our bodies. We know what our pinky finger is doing at any given moment, right? When most people like can barely walk down the street. <laughs> um, and to have that feel like it was taken away from me with no ex- no explanation was really shocking. But it, it took me down a different path. I originally was going to try and dance professionally as a ballet dancer. But because I got epilepsy, I was put on a series of medications that gave me brain damage and I lost my short-term memory. So I couldn't remember choreography. I couldn't even remember combinations in class. So to sort of kind of retrain my brain and hopefully pick up um, and become a professional dancer at some point, maybe a little later, I decided to go to college instead. So I went to NYU and that's where I found modern dance and that completely changed my life, definitely for the better. And I mean, I could go on endlessly about dance and everything dance has taught me, again, for better and worse. But I think at the end of the day, dancers are some of the most innovative, thoughtful, and just resilient people. That is certainly, it's not an easy business to to grow up in. And I'm excited to actually see how much the dance world has changed in the last five to 10 years. Yeah, I agree. I think there's some really cool things happening. It sounds like for you. So I actually quit dancing. Well, quit doing like ballet and a more regimented dancing in my freshman year of high school. So Mm -hmm. right when it would have gotten super, super intense and then ended up doing my high school's dance team, which like I was still practicing a lot and doing things, but it was not the same level that it would have been if I kept doing ballet. 
So yeah. I got out a little early. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you mean you like actually had a high school experience? <laughs> yeah. It's just some extent. Still very type A yeah. and like doing yeah. a lot of other things, just not necessarily doing ballet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, ballet is a total mind fuck too, because it doesn't matter how good you are, how smart you are. People judge you immediately based off of how you look, which like any marginalized person understands how that feels, right? It doesn't matter. Whenever you walk into a room, if you don't have that perfect body type or you don't look a certain way that people expect, you're going to be underestimated. And it's almost as if instead of giving you the benefit of the doubt, you have to prove yourself. And that can really mess with you, I think, long-term if you are a marginalized person because of the way that you look, if you're a person of color, if you are differently abled, or if you're a woman, other re- other, other, um, another body type that gets uh, marginalized if we walk into boardrooms or you know offices um, or tends to get underestimated. And I, I really saw that so much with dance and with not having a very typical sort of dancer body type. And that taught me a lot. I feel like that's the perfect segue into some of what you're doing now with holisticism. So now this is how you spend your days. You're running a company in the wellness space called Holisticism. And I'd love it if you could just tell listeners a little bit about what you're doing, what you're building. Yeah, yeah. So Holisticism is a it's a technical platform. It's a digital platform to make wellness more inclusive and accessible because the wellness space, at least I felt like the wellness space wasn't very accessible. When I really entered into it, I was in my early 20s living in New York. And like I said, I have I have epilepsy. I have a neurological disorder that will never go away, that doesn't have a cure. And I happened to sort of fall into the wellness space and into the alternative medicine space. And very luckily was able to go off medication and essentially live seizure-free because of alternative medicine. And I personally felt like <laughs> I am... I was such a privileged, I am such a privileged person. I'm white. I grew up in Southern California. I moved to New York, these places that are so cosmopolitan and have access to so many things. And yet it took me knowing someone who knew someone who knew someone to meet this person, this practitioner who could help me. And I felt like that was profoundly unfair that I just happened to get sort of quote unquote lucky, privileged and lucky, I guess, to find someone who could sort of cure me for lack of a better word, while millions of people would never have that access. And so that really plagued me for my early 20s as I started to work in the wellness space, first opening brick and mortar studios, and then work in tech and scale digital companies. And so holisticism came out of all of that experience of just wanting to find a place that didn't feel like you know, to be totally honest, it didn't feel like goop and skinny white ladies telling me that I needed to buy XYZ thing in order to be well. And to really bring the conversation back to what is well-being? What really impacts our well-being? Yes, it's things like movement and diet, but it's also things like our mindset and politics and social action, which all affect our well-being. And I wanted to have those conversations. And I also wanted to have a place that didn't just center rich white ladies um, that gave and amplified the voices of those that weren't often heard in wellness. So that's what we do now. We provide free and affordable content and educational opportunities 
for people to learn more about the wellness space and well-being and to meet amazing practitioners uh, across the globe. And I really love that. So as a Black woman who's building a company in the wellness space and even as a, a Black woman who was a Black little girl who did ballet and like didn't really feel like my body fit and made sense, it's been interesting for me to navigate what what it means to create a wellness company and also what wellness even is because now everything in the same way that everything is self-care right now it seems like mm-hmm. everything is wellness totally and so it's like what are we what are we talking about when we talk about wellness so i love how in my guess is that this was an intentional choice but how you really focus on well-being instead of more of the buzzword wellness was that something that has always been a part of holisticism or is that something that's kind of evolved as the the company has evolved I think that it's always kind of been part of our ethos, but I definitely started saying well-being more in the last two years because wellness felt just so gross in my mouth. Like, you know what I mean? I'm just like, oh, wellness. Ugh. It feels like such a hashtag. And one of my biggest pet peeves is when people talk about, they say the wellness space is a $4.3 billion industry, which is so broad and sweeping in general that it's really, it's kind of like a nothing statement. And that I feel is kind of what wellness has turned into sort of a nothing word that doesn't really have merit or weight in anything. So when we say well-being, I think it helps us recenter like, well, what does this all mean? What's the point of this? It's to be a human who is well out in this world. And that can look completely different depending on the individual, depending on who you are at any given moment in time. You know, my version of wellness when I was 25 was running ultra marathons. Now I'm 31 and like, I would be very unwell if I was doing the same thing, right? I, my version of wellness or well-being is so, so, so different. So I think it affords us a little more of an opportunity to be, to think broadly in a more innovative way about what it means to be healthy what it means to be well and what it means to really like thrive as a human on this planet. Because part of being well too is like embodying your purpose. And I think that that's actually a really important dimension that isn't often talked about in the wellness space other than, you know, quit your job and move to Bali and go become a yoga teacher. And that's your purpose. I don't think that that is all the time that could be, but how can we talk about our jobs and our work that isn't necessarily work as a nutritionist or a health coach or a yoga teacher, maybe is, uh, you know, your work as a, as a teacher in a school or as a politician or as an activist and how that contributes to the well-being of this planet, of this world, of this society. Mm, that is, yes, I, I love that. And I, I love how you're thinking about, I mean, the word that comes to mind is thinking about it holistically, not to... <laughs> No pun intended. <laughs> that's where the that's where the brand comes in. <laughs> and outside of this really multifaceted approach to just the way that holisticism approaches well-being, I think it's really interesting how you choose to run it. And some of the people listening to the podcast are either running their own businesses or starting a side hustle. Um, Mm. I think it's cool how you've chosen to run a holisticism really intuitively. And I'm, I'm curious if that's always been the case for you. Yes, it has always been the case. And like for 
honestly, much to my chagrin very early on in the process. You know, I started holisticism after being in, working in tech here in LA for like six years. So I worked at these startups. I was really early stage employee at a bunch of startups that ended up worth it you know, being worth hundreds of millions of dollars and raising tons of money from venture capitalists. And I saw firsthand what it was like to work in a business that had zero awareness and zero intuition in the decision-making process. And, you know, I, I kind of came into the tech world as an, a little bit of a black sheep because I have a BFA in dance. I had never really worked on spreadsheets before or done anything in terms of marketing until I joined a tech company. And that was amazing and liberating because all I had to do was show that I was smart and I could produce results. It didn't really matter what my pedigree looked like necessarily at that point and at the companies that I worked at. That's certainly not across the board, but I got I got pretty lucky in that respect. But I always used my intuition when I was working at these companies. You know, I would I would check in with myself and I found, and I think that this happens for a lot of women, no matter what, whether they're out in the world working for major corporations or whether they're running their own businesses who have a gut instinct or a feeling or an intuitive hit about what they should do or a decision. And then they have to go tell someone about it or tell someone, you know, what their hunch is. So they end up doing this like sort of research to to reverse their way or reverse engineer their answer as in like, oh, I have to find proof in order to make this answer valid. And I felt like that was wasting a lot of my time. (laughs) So I was like, well, what if I could just use my intuition and trust it and see what happens? And also, of course, use my, my my pragmatism and my experience and my intelligence as I run and grow this company and see what happens and see where it goes. And so I've been really tapping into my own intuition, sometimes in a really big way, sometimes sort of offhandedly, but every single day in order to run holisticism. So I use a bunch of different tools. I am a certified Akashic Records reader, which just basically means that I have a lot of experience (laughs) opening the Akashic Records for myself and for other people. I am obsessed with astrology. I love human design and I'm a projector in human design. So I take that into consideration when I'm thinking about my work. But I also use things like tarot cards and energy and just the general astrology of my business, holisticism, to make choices. Um, And of course, I check in with my body whenever I can when I need to make a really big decision or I kind of have to decide what's next for me or what's important to me. And I want to say, I really believe that that's why we've been so successful. We've grown so quickly with relative ease, although it's still been really hard. Um, my heart goes out to everyone who's side hustling right now. I, I remember I'd wake up at 4.30 in the morning to work on holisticism for three hours before work, three or four hours. And then I'd go into my office and at nine and then I'd come home and I'd eat dinner and then I'd work on the business again. And then I'd go to bed and do it all over again. So those first couple of months are really tough, but if you can get through it, oh my gosh, it's so worth it. Thanks for giving us a little peek into that. It was interesting hearing all the tools that you've used. I think this is probably a whole other episode that I'll end up recording. So listeners, this is something that you can look forward to. (laughs) But my relationship to different things like astrology 
has really changed just based on the the upbringing that I had. It was very um, pretty conservative Christian. And so a lot of those things were viewed as really bad. And so I've been allowing myself to be a little bit more open to different things. So a, a lot of the things that you're saying, it's like, hmm, that's interesting. That's newer for yeah. me. So that might be a side conversation that we have slash a whole other episode where I'm like <laughs> diving into those things. Totally happy to have it. I grew up going to Catholic school as well. So all of this stuff was really, well, not as well, but I grew up with a Catholic school background. My parents were pretty liberal and agnostic when it came to religion, but they definitely, they definitely think that I'm a little woo-woo now. But coming to these practices was really interesting and actually really academic to me because I wanted to understand where they came from. And when I really looked at it, I saw that you know many of these practices are you know, things that women have been doing for millennia and that healers and quote unquote sort of wellness people have practiced since before we can remember. So when we kind of like, I think, tap into that, into our roots, into what we know in our DNA, which is how to tap into our intuition and what's right for ourselves and the world around us, we have really powerful wisdom hidden inside of us that can help us make decisions right now in 2020, but is also informed from, you know, all of our ancestors. Mm, That's such a beautiful way to put it. The last question that I want to ask you before we dive into the lightning questions that I ask everyone is just what are some quick changes that people can make if they're listening to you talk about how you intuitively run your business and they're like, I want to start to do that. How can they incorporate some intuition into their business or even just their career in general? Really good question. Okay. First and foremost, it's so annoying, but I would recommend meditating or doing some like 10 minute practice every morning that just gets you into sort of like out of your um, anxiety, intellectual brain, right? Out of our like scrolling through Instagram, looking up news and whatever, the latest on COVID-19 and gets us more into just like, what am I feeling? And so whether that's a movement practice or whether that's sitting or maybe that's pulling tarot cards or pulling any set of cards and not even really looking up what the answers are, but using your subconscious mind and your intuition and what you know about imagery and mythology and all that good stuff to decide what that means for you using your, you know, accessing your subconscious is so powerful and it really helps us become more innovative and creative in every single thing that we do. And I think that is what the mark of a great entrepreneur is, is the daringness to be more creative and to do things in a different way because that's what feels good. You know, not just doing things because people tell you this is how you have to do it. You know, you have to get 10,000 Instagram followers or you have to start a business this way. You have to have, I don't know, $10,000 in your bank account before you quit your job. You know, those those could be the answers for you, but maybe not. You know, I, I know I didn't have any of those things and I ended up okay. I'm not suggesting that everyone take the path that I take, but... I think that that is the most important thing about and the root of using our intuition is really having personal sovereignty around our choices and deciding if something is right for us or if it's not. Because just because everyone tells you this is the way to do a thing 
doesn't mean it's the best way to do it. And it certainly doesn't mean it's the best way for you. Mm, Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. My pleasure. So into the lightning questions, what's something that you've learned recently that you're excited about? Ah, I I prepared for the lightning questions, but also now like I'm a little sweaty in my armpits. And (laughs) um, what is something that I recently learned that actually women, so women are supposed to menstruate or have their period around the new moon. If we are sort of like lined up with the moon's cycle, which is 28 days and the average woman or person with a uterus has a cycle every 28 days. So Typically, women will bleed if they're in alignment with the moon on the new moon. However, if you bleed on a full moon, that's like a totally different thing. And people actually used to look at that and still do often look at that as uh, like the sort of hallmark, quote unquote, of a very intuitive, powerful woman, something someone likened to like a witch or an intuitive or a psychic. So that's a little fun. There's a really good book called Red Moon. If anyone wants to learn a little bit more about the energy and the energetics of a woman's cycle or a person's cycle who has a uterus, then I would check that out. Interesting, because I actually <laughs> bleed on the full moon, so I'm like, huh, I can read that book. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to have to send the book to you. Yes, I definitely want to read it now. <laughs> What's something that you're in the process of unlearning? Mm, I'm definitely in the process of unlearning what to do with rage. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of rage. <laughs> um, I think as a woman in 2020 in America, there's a lot to be angry about. <laughs> I think there's a, there's just a lot to be angry about in general if you're living in the United States and believe in equity. And particularly in wellness, um, as someone who fights for equity, I, I feel a lot of anger when I see that people don't care about inclusivity and accessibility and equity in the space and things like anti-racism work. It makes me mad when, to be totally honest with you, when white women act like it's not their problem. So I'm trying to sort of work through that anger that I have, that rage that I have. And instead of sort of let it dissipate, kind of just be with it, (laughs) you know, and not try to alchemize it into something like compassion or kindness or self-care, but just see it and be like, okay, that's there. And I don't need to judge it and I can have it. And as long as it doesn't eat me alive, like it may be a good thing. You know, I I think that anger is fast fuel. It can get us somewhere really quickly, but it tends to burn out. And then we don't have anything left once we get to our destination. So I don't want my rage to be the thing that fuels me, but I, I do actually kind of take comfort in the fact that it's there because it means that I care. That's a really beautiful way to look at it. And I'm sure that people are listening and nodding along and being like, yeah, I'm feeling some rage too right now. <laughs> it's, kind it's, of a hard. Good, it's a time to, to really feel it. <laughs> yeah, that's just where we're at. Oh. Um, okay, last question. Ending on a high note, what's a way that you've grown that you're proud of and just really allow yourself to brag, let us celebrate alongside you? <laughs> um. I am so proud of the fact now that I can really hold on to physical wealth. It was a hard, hard thing for me to have money 
I grew up dancing. And when I was a professional dancer in New York, I made $10 an hour and I worked in retail and I was a cater waiter. You know, I did all the odd jobs and was a babysitter and worked what felt like 20 hours a day and never had enough money. And even when I worked in tech, I still made very little. And so to be my own boss and to also be helping people and to be able to take care of myself and feel really supported by financially by myself feels amazing. And I, I honestly didn't ever know if I would get to this point, but it's definitely been an evolution and I'm excited to feel finally feel like this. And I, I wish that everyone could. So that's why I try to, to tell as many people as I can about intuitive entrepreneurship, because I believe it's possible for everyone. Thank you for sharing. That's so exciting. Yes, you definitely deserve to feel proud of yourself. I'm proud of you. And I'm sure that everyone listening <laughs> is like rooting for you as well. Thank you. Yeah. It's hard for women to talk about money, you know? It really it's hard is. for us to say that like we're proud of ourselves for having it and holding on to it and that we want to do more good with it, right? So I'm I'm happy to share and I'm also happy to share like what comes after that. Yeah. Well, thank you. If people are listening and they're like, I am interested in holisticism, I'm interested in Michelle, where can they connect with you and keep following along on the journey? Yeah, you can find us at holisticism.com. There's actually a really cool free 14-day Akashic Records sort of deep dive course that you can sign up for. And it, it lands as an email in your inbox every day for 14 days and kind of walks you through how to use the Akashic Records. So if you're curious, that's a pretty like, you know, low responsibility, low barrier to entry way to, to sort of poke around and decide if that may be a, a cool tool that you want to continue to use in your life. Um, and you can find us on Instagram at Holisticism. And then you can find me personally and lots of pictures of my dog um, at Better by Michelle on Holisticism or excuse me on, on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michelle, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. This was so fun. It was. I, I could keep <laughs> talking to you all day, but got to cut it off. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Thanks to Andres Rodriguez for the intro and outro music. You can keep in touch with me on Instagram at Taylor Elise Morrison. Elise is E-L-Y-S-E. And check out the resources on my website at taylorelise.com. <laughs>